This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors in the financial industry. Outer Blue by Amundi. Welcome to Outer Blue Talks Research, knowledge sharing on financial research. Hello, and welcome to this Amundi Research Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing what sort of impact the rise and spread of artificial intelligence may have on economic activity, on productivity, and of course, an issue close to all of our hearts, the labour market. Just as industrialization upended the manufacturing sector, the rapid advance in AI, especially in the quality of what the technology can do, promises a new wave of disruption. This has sparked concern about how much it could affect jobs across a whole range of sectors but it's also fueling speculation about the sort of productivity gains we could make if we harness the full potential of the new technology. I'm Swaha Pashnaik, Head of Publishing at the Amundi Investment Institute. And joining me to dive into some of these issues are Annalisa Usardi, Senior Economist at the Institute, and Bastien Drou, Head of Strategy and Economic Research at CPR Asset Management, a subsidiary of Amundi. Annalisa Bastian, welcome and great to have you on the podcast. Hi, Swaha. Thanks, Swaha. So we should perhaps start off with an obvious but fundamental question. The last three or four decades have seen huge advances in computing and telephony. For example, mobile phones these days are effectively a mishmash of a computer, a high-end camera, a GPS, payment systems and a lot more, all in the palm of your hands. Annalisa, let me start off by asking you, why is AI even more of a revolution? Thanks, Hua. Uh, well, I think that uh, you mentioned a part of, uh, of the answer to, uh, to this question. Uh, we think that uh, the potential uh, of AI uh, to be a revolution is, is big because AI has the potential to impact uh, basically a wide range of industries uh, through multiple channels and impacting all our lives. Uh, we, uh, in, in a paper that we published, actually we deep dive into the impact of AI through different channels uh, of production, labor, investments, productivity. Uh, and uh, one important point is that we think that the, this can be, uh, and this has the potential to be a revolution because it, it has been fast spreading, much faster than any other new technologies. Uh, if we think about uh, generative AI, for instance, um, just think about the, the speed of at which uh, Google Translate reached 100 million monthly users users. It took 80 months for Google Translate to, you, to reach this kind of number of users, while ChatGPT took f- just few months in order to reach the same number of users. So if we think to uh, AI in terms of generative AI, uh, the potential is huge because it is fast spreading, much faster than any other innovation and technology, and basically has no boundaries. So uh, it can apply uh, to all, uh, uh, let's say, um, sectors of the economy and all uh, all countries, if you want, uh, depending on the availability of enabling technologies. Thank you, Annalisa. So, Bastian, maybe I could turn to you. Given what Annalisa is saying about how fast generative AI is spreading and how good it's got, can you already detect any impact on the wider economy from these advances? Yeah, 
Um, maybe I can add uh, something on uh, the previous question as uh, what what is new uh, with uh, this new wave of uh, AI is and what is new compared to the automation technologies that we have seen for, for decades is this is uh, centered on the white collar uh, workers while uh, when you take the automation technologies, it was centered, centered on the blue colored uh, workers. And definitely there is something new happening here. This, um, this is not the same type of a uh, population which is affected by, uh, by uh, AI, by these new technologies. So <clears throat> maybe one thing to say is that there are different types of uh, artificial intelligence and some of them exist since a long time and some of them are just appearing now uh, like a generative AI, the ones like ChatGPT able to generate text, images, videos, codes and so on. So uh, there are different waves of uh, AI and it is difficult to attribute a precise economic impact uh, of uh, the distinct uh, AI waves. If we take the most recent wave of uh, AI, the generative AI, we can see that uh, big corporations are starting to use it more and more and to improve uh, productivity. But you know, when it comes to innovations, that's always a matter of diffusion. And first, generative AI has been uh, extensively used uh, in the tech sector. And we have seen a lot of companies, uh, tech companies, restructuring the way they work in the recent months. But generative AI is also increasingly used by big corporations. That's a topic more and more mentioned in the company's uh, earnings called, calls. Sorry. And if you take uh, the third and the fourth quarters of uh, 2023, around one third of uh, the S&P 500 companies mentioned AI in their earning calls. And companies say that AI will, will help them to improve the end user's experience, for example. So as you can see, uh, the diffusion of generative AI is only starting. Can I ask you a follow-up question on that, Bastien? You mentioned how much AI is coming up on earnings call. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the C-suite has an incentive to mention AI because of the buzz around it oh, and sure. the boost it can give around your uh, you know, company sure. if you're uh, in that group. How much do you think it's actually feeding through to the, what companies are incorporating mm -hmm. into their day-to-day -day functions? That's a, a, very, a very good question because a, a lot of companies are just mentioning AI because uh, that's uh, something uh, trendy. <laughs> uh, but uh, definitely a, a big portion, I think, of these companies mentioning AI, they mention it because they are using it uh, more and more to, uh, to improve the way they work and to improve uh, productivity. So that's very difficult to give you a precise number of that. Uh, but uh, definitely, I think that a lot of companies, uh, big companies, are uh, talking about AI because they invest in AI. Great to get that sense from you. So, Annalisa, given what Bastian's saying about how this is actually filtering through into the way companies work, what sort of impact do you see for economies in the next four or five years? 
Um, thanks, Wawa. Yes, let's say that uh, um, we made some analysis in terms of understanding how technologies also in the past uh, have been developing their impact uh, into, into the economies. And the specificity of, uh, of AI uh, is, um, is that, uh, as we were mentioning also at the beginning, it can have uh, a short-term impact that is more difficult to discern because it can be uh, in some sectors, uh, let's say, more disruptive, it can be concentrated in some areas of the economy or in some factors of production, like more on the labor market and a bit less on productivity, depending on, on, on let's say, uh, on the timing. But my take is that at the beginning, in particular, if we take, uh, let's say, the perspective of one to five years, um, there are two keywords uh, that can describe uh, the impact uh, of, uh, of artificial intelligence into the economy. That is disruption that you mentioned also at the beginning and divergence, meaning that uh, uh, the impact again will not be visible on the whole economy, on all sectors, but will be more sector specific for those sectors that uh, will be able to invest more, to remain you know, to the, in the frontier, on the frontier of investments and will introduce in, let's say, innovation. Um, if we want to take an angle of uh, the productivity, for instance, uh, you will find that in the paper we published the division of uh, sort of three um, different time spans. In the short term, uh, visibility uh, is, is limited for the impact in particular of AI on productivity because there will be strong innovation, strong investments, but perhaps uh, given that it will be sector specific, uh, probably uh, you won't see an impact on the overall economy. There will be a second phase in which instead cost of implementation are reduced, the uh, let's say usage is increasing across sectors, across all the sectors of the economy, and actually the impact uh, is, is more visible. Uh, there is a broader diffusion and also a broader increase in, in productivity. And there will be also a third phase in which uh, that we call normalization, if you want, in which uh, there will be diminishing impact of returns. Uh, so uh, the widespread diffusion of AI uh, will be, again, positive because the net impact will be positive, but probably less so and less visible. But this will be later on. So the bulk of the productivity announcement, for instance, will not be in the next uh, one to five years. It's a, it's a bit more, let's say, in the five, ten years horizon. But let's say, again, uh, it will be positive. Thank you, Annalisa. So you're talking about the mid and long term. Um, let me go back to one of the things that you both have been mentioning. Annalisa, you mentioned sort of the divergence um, issue. How do you think AI will impact different age groups or indeed different socioeconomic ones? Uh, yes. Um, so in terms of uh, impact of, uh, let's say, different uh, age group and socioeconomic, I think that um, the, the angle we should take uh, is, uh, is related to uh, the impact of the labor force in the sense that uh, um, we know that uh, mm, 
let's say artificial intelligence can be a substitute but also a complement to to work probably uh, in the first phase uh, there will be job loss so there will be need uh, for reskilling the labor force uh, to upskilling the labor force in order to make uh, uh, workers able to uh, let's say work together with the uh, with the artificial intelligence wherever it is a complement to to the activity and to labor and also to be able to gain uh, to gain new skills and new abilities just let me give you an example um, every time we had a technological transformation some there are some research that highlight the fact that few jobs were lost uh, in our example take uh, let's say ChatGPT or other generative artificial intelligence tools that can that are actually able to translate so probably simple translation not meaning a big translation of books and so on can be done probably through these tools uh, and uh, probably some part of you know this kind of jobs may be lost at the same time we have seen rising and increasing the importance of uh, the writer of prompts that is able to uh, ask the right questions to artificial intelligence tools in order to get the right answers so this is an example to say that probably some jobs will be lost some jobs will be created but there will be need uh, in terms of you know formation uh, of, of workers uh, to invest in, in reskilling and upskilling of workers and probably this will require also an intervention of, of regulators. Uh, of course, in terms of generations, probably young, generation, uh, young generations are uh, more favored in terms of you know, being able to uh, grasp uh, all the potential of, of new technologies uh, and probably, of course, uh, the, uh, and develop new skills. So probably the question related to uh, you know, upskilling workers uh, reskilling workers is more for uh, older cohorts um, of, uh, of the population. Thank you, Annalisa. And Bastia, I think you had some thoughts as well on the demographic issues and stuff like that. Maybe I could bring you in here. Yeah, uh, the thing is, uh, we have also to, to think about how uh, the emergence of AI will interact with uh, other long-term trends like uh, demographic trends and population aging. Uh, that's true that uh, there has been some uh, very uh, alarming and catastrophist uh, headlines saying that uh, hundreds of jobs, uh, hundreds of millions of jobs will uh, will be cut uh, because of uh, AI. And according to us, this is very far from obvious. Uh, there's been a, an ECB study, uh, an ECB study uh, showing that uh, the sectors the most exposed to deep learning in Europe have created jobs, not destroyed jobs. And um, as Hadna said, uh, the impact will depend on if the new technologies complement the workforce or if they substitute the, the workforce. So there, there would be definitely uh, be a question of a reskilling uh, that uh, the government will have to, to deal with, but uh, also we can think that um, AI and the emergence of AI can be an opportunity when we think of population aging, because the majority of uh, uh, developed countries and also some uh, emerging countries will face shrinking labor force in the long run, implying uh, an increasingly shrinking contribution to economic growth. And just to take an example, if you take the Eurozone, uh, the working age population decreases now by more than 
one million uh, each year. And you have the same in many countries, in Japan, in China, in South Korea. And uh, this is where we could expect AI to come to the rescue, both as labor complement, making workers more efficient and more productive, and as labor substitutes, thus filling the gap of uh, missing workers due to uh, an aging uh, society. So in brief, AI could uh, compensate uh, in part, and if needed, uh, the demographic gap that uh, several countries will face in the coming years and decades. That's a very good point. So uh, let me ask you both, the US is obviously the most ahead in AI technology. Which countries are right there behind America? So maybe I I can start uh, for this question. So we we often think of of the US as uh, the hotspot for AI, maybe because of the the tech giants. And to be honest, this uh, idea is not wrong. Uh, There are several ways to to uh, to look at uh, this uh, this question uh, we can think of uh, the private investment in ai uh, the the launch of a startup in ai or this type of things so if we take uh, for instance uh, the the private investment in ai according to a stanford report the us leads uh, for instance, in 2022, uh, the, the $47 billion invested in the US was roughly three times and a half the, the amount invested in the next highest country, which is China. And then you have uh, the UK, Israel, uh, India, and South Korea. The US is also leading in terms of the total number of newly funded uh, AI companies with almost two times more than the European Union and UK combined and uh, 3.4 uh, times more than, than China. Uh, when we focus on some subsectors, we can have uh, a, a different picture. Uh, for instance, uh, China is leading when uh, we uh, account for the total number of uh, industrial robots uh, installed. For instance, China is the country uh, installing the most industrial robots, and in, it's even installing more industrial robots than the rest of the world combined. So. As you can see, it really depends on the use of AI and countries have not necessarily the same purpose when it comes to AI. I see. Really interesting granularity there. Both of you were talking um, earlier about the diffusion of AI. And Annalisa, let me go to you because you were talking about the spread of it and how quickly it's spreading. Given that rapid advance, Uh, Do you think it will take long for the technology's benefits to become more diffused beyond the countries where it is most advanced at the moment? So, yes, of course, Swaha, uh, as we were saying at the beginning, um, let's say that uh, the diffusion and the rapidity uh, at which uh, the technology is, is moving and spreading across uh, across uh, all the economies, it's, uh, it's key and depends clearly on uh, the presence of other enabling technologies. We are talking about the fact that uh, now, now many, uh, many countries, in many countries, everybody basically has a mobile phone, has access to internet and so on. So, of course, here the point to me is that uh, we are not talking about uh, uh, country boundaries. Uh, It's more, you know, the fact that, uh, um, let's say, the, the 
the, 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 how long the timing of, of diffusion will be really fast across sectors. And this will depend mainly on, uh, <clears throat> if you want, the incentives uh, of, uh, uh, of companies to be, uh, to, to let's say, adopt, adopt these technologies in order to be more competitive. So here we are talking, of course, about commercial artificial intelligence. So the kind of artificial intelligence tools that the companies have the incentive to, you know, sell for business purposes and to buy again for business purposes. And if we want to talk, uh, to to think, if you want, about uh, uh, the concentration and differentiation team that we were talking at the beginning. To me, uh, let's say the spread will be the, 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 the timing uh, uh, at which uh, the artificial intelligence usage will be spreading will be different, not much across countries, but sectors. So that would be, uh, a disc, um, let's say, a theme of, of uh, uh, if you want, uh, divergence across sectors, as we were saying at the beginning. How long it will take, uh, and to conclude uh, to your questions, uh, it will be fast. Because as also Bastien was mentioning at the beginning, the um, investments, it's huge and increasing really, really, really uh, rapidly uh, in five years from 2017, just to give you an example to 2022, uh, the, the investments uh, in venture capital, other private investments related to generative AI, AI uh, basically increased by 70%, which is really, uh, on average, uh, a very fast, a fast rate of, of investments growth. Absolutely. So, Bastian, let me loop back to something you were mentioning earlier about the S&P 500 earnings calls, how <laughs> much AI is being mentioned on them. I mean, it's <laughs> everywhere that investors look. How are investors mm -hmm. viewing AI when they think about investment opportunities in the future? So, the least that we can say is that investors are extremely bullish about AI. <laughs> Uh, since the chat GPT announcements in uh, 2023, there has been a wave of uh, enthusiasm about AI and the, and the stocks of the companies the most implicated in AI have skyrocketed. And to be honest, uh, the very good performances of the Magnificent Seven, uh, the Magnificent is a group of the largest market cap in the US stock market, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Nvidia, Tesla, Alphabet, and, and Meta. And uh, the very good performances of the Magnificent Seven uh, since then are partly uh, related to the AI uh, story. And uh, as a reminder, Microsoft is a partner in, is a shareholder of OpenAI, the company which uh, created ChatGPT. Uh, Alphabet has also invested a lot uh, in uh, generative AI, and uh, a lot of these uh, magnificent seven have uh, invested a lot in um, in this uh, in, in this uh, AI uh, story. So even within this group, uh, there seems to be some differentiation according to the fact that some companies have invested more uh, on AI. And uh, definitely we, we see uh, over the past few months that the companies uh, having invested the most in AI have uh, the preference of, uh, of uh, the, 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 the investors. And for the time being, clearly having invested in AI is boosting stock market prices. Perfect. Thank you, Bastien. Well, nothing starts to sort of 
expand and let rip uh, like this without governments and regulators starting to get involved. Let me ask you, Annalisa, how much do you think regulation has the potential to change and shape the direction that AI takes? Or is this just something that's galloping head faster than anybody's ability to regulate? Well, for sure, let's say that uh, it will be difficult to keep up with the speed of evolution of, of AI. We, we saw it already how fast new tools, new, uh, let's say, kind of technologies are, are spreading. Uh, so it will be difficult. But for sure, uh, if this is going to be difficult for government and regulators uh, you know, to, to grasp uh, all the techno- new technologies and understand them uh, in their all, on all their implications, basically. On the other hand, it's, it's a must. It's a must because um, if you want, the, as we saw at the beginning, um, <clears throat> the impact of artificial intelligence is going to be uh, touching all the aspects of our lives, on the labor market, on the social aspects so of course of course regulators will have to to step in and trying to understand and probably also to moderate in some way uh, the full impact that uh, the spreading of artificial intelligence can have let's take an example let's take an example uh, we know that in some uh, sectors uh, there will be a huge disruption and there will be important implications on the labor market and con- concerns are of course uh, arising already so uh, probably uh, the regulator will have to step in in order to smooth this transition and the impact in order not to create uh, any uh, adverse social implications that cannot be in some way um, you know uh, at least tackled and uh, uh, regulators will have to step in also in order to um, uh, regulate uh, um, other issues uh, on newspapers we, we we read already uh, issues related to the copyright theme uh, how to train uh, generate generative AI AI tools, uh, the training of, you know, on, uh, on things that are uh, protected by copyright, it's, it's a theme already. And also there is another important theme uh, related to, you know, politics, geopolitics, uh, social implications, is the ability of uh, uh, creating fake news, deep fakes that can uh, impact, impact, uh, uh, you know, uh, the political discussion, uh, social discussions can impact uh, the, the full, uh, the full uh, society. So, of course, a regulator will have to uh, tackle this issue and to keep up with, uh, with the speed. Thank you, Annalisa. Sebastian, Annalisa has been talking about just now about the possibility for AI to have an impact on democracy itself. One of the other fundamental issues is the energy consumption it takes up at a time when we're all worrying about Mm -hmm. climate change and, you know, how to make a green transition. What do you think on this front? Yeah, that's uh, the, the energy cost of uh, of the new uh, generative AI models. I mean, uh, it it takes a lot of energy to train uh, these uh, these models, and that can be uh, a topic on which the governments uh, will uh, will try to uh, to to limit maybe the, the speed of uh, progression of uh, of AI, and that's definitely uh, something that uh, that can be that can slow the diffusion of uh, of ai within uh, within society 
So you, you know, with um, that's always the same thing with uh, with innovations. Uh, the, the the speed at which uh, innovations spread throughout the, the society depends not just on their intrinsic uh, features, that also de- depend on the, the broad societal and, and economic uh, environment. And when the barriers are too high, uh, technological innovations disseminate, disseminate only uh, slowly. And, and in the case, uh, a specific case of AI, the energy costs, uh, it could be a, a barrier to the wider diffusion of, uh, of, uh, of AI. Annalise, Sebastian, we are unfortunately out of time, but it's been a fascinating conversation and great to have you on the podcast. We hope to have you back again for an update on this fast-moving subject. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Soa. Thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this Amundi podcast. We hope you'll join us again for the next one. This podcast is only for the attention of professional investors as defined in Directive 2014-65-EU, dated 15 May 2014, as amended from time to time on markets and financial instruments, called MIFID II. Views are those of the author and not necessarily Amundi Asset Management SAS. They are subject to change and should not be relied upon as investment advice, as a security recommendation, or as an indication of trading for any Amundi products or any other security fund units, or services. Past performance is not a guarantee or indicative of future results.